Ion 2020, episode 220. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Welcome to the only libertarian podcast 100% dedicated only to the 2020 presidential election. This is Ray Eaton, and I am your host that has decided to undertake this grueling task of dealing with the 2020 candidates and their policies and their positions and all that good stuff. Uh, Thank you for joining me for another day in the life of the 2020 election, though. Uh, I've noticed something lately, and maybe it's just growing pains or something, but... um, you look at the Apple reviews and you look at my Apple star ratings and stuff like that, and it just continues to go down. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. I don't know. Please, please let me know if I am. Please send me an email if I am, Ray at IamTheEmpire.com. But man, I'm telling you, I think I'm getting a lot of people that are looking at different candidates that are on Democratic tickets and stuff, and then I start criticizing those candidates. And the next thing you know, I get a one-star rating from them, and then they give me, like, a poor review, like, hey, man, learn how to pronounce Kamala Harris's name correctly, apparently. And uh, that was one of them that I got, and I was just like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? When I first started doing the podcast, I really was, I mean, these are brand new candidates and everything, so I was just sitting there just reading, reading about these candidates and seeing what comes out on the news about them and stuff, and I am not one that sits there and listens to the news daily, but I could guarantee you that a lot of people are getting these people's names mispronounced in the very beginning. And the reason why I know this is because even, I was reading an article about this, even Whoopi Goldberg did not pronounce Kamala Harris's name correctly on the show for a while, and then finally she was corrected on it, and she changed it. And I was just like, are you kidding me? That I get a one-star rating for that, it blew my mind. But hey, you know what? Whatever. That's cool. That's cool. I, I consider that a notch on the belt, if you ask me. If somebody who is a supporter of these people cannot take a little bit of criticism from me, a libertarian, about your candidates and their policies and so forth, then that, that's good. That's that, I, take, I take that as a notch on my belt that says that I'm doing something right then. That's all I can say about that because I just... Um, you look at them, and it, it kind of blew, it kind of like deflated my, or, you know, took the wind out of my sails this morning when I was reading those things. I'm sitting there just thinking to myself, why do I keep putting on this podcast if nobody likes it? You know, if you, if you keep getting these one-star ratings and reviews, why do I keep putting this show on every single day, Monday through Friday for you? I don't know. I don't know. That's all I was thinking, but then I started thinking about it. I'm just like, you know what? If somebody is going to do that, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, I will continue to put out a decent podcast Monday through Friday for you because we got to keep up on this election stuff, you know? There's a lot of stuff that's going to be going down in the libertarian movement. And maybe I'll start focusing further on the libertarian candidates more 
as things progressed because, and I'll cover the basic news of what's going on with the Democrats and the Republicans and all the infighting that they have going on and all the backstabbing and whatever else they can do to each other. I'll cover that kind of like in a 50,000 foot view and start focusing more on libertarian topics and candidates and stuff. And the reason why is because then you guys who are libertarians that are listening to the show will get what you want and uh, maybe it'll inspire some of you guys to throw me a five-star rating uh, throw me a bone every so often with a five-star rating, you know? That'll help out those those numbers. But I don't care about the numbers at this point. I just really don't. I, I just realized that today, that if somebody is going to sit there and throw me a one-star rating because I criticized their candidate, then most likely, here I am, I'm uh, doing something right then. And I'm, I'm getting under people's skins. And maybe, maybe at that point, I could start changing a couple minds about the socialism that these candidates continue to preach. I mean, look at these candidates. All they do is talk socialism day in and day out. I'm listening to the news earlier today on the radio, and they're showing something from Bernie uh, Bernie Sanders' events, or they're playing something from a Bernie Sanders event. They're playing something from Elizabeth Warren's event, and they're just talking about, we're going to give you guys free college education. And then Bernie Sanders goes as far as saying, this, and this is the pandering side of it, right? poor people free education we're going to give poor we're going to give free education to people that have student loans no more of them people that go to community colleges and technical colleges and traditionally black colleges they will also get free college education and i'm just thinking so you're just throwing all those different terms out there and those names and you have to go to the traditionally black college because it sounds good on your resume as well when you're pandering to different groups and that's what Democrats do constantly is they pander to everybody. Well, Republicans do it too, so I can't only criticize the Democrats. The Republicans do it too because they're always trying to do one thing, turn everybody in America into a specific tribe, a tribe of people who are going to vote that way. They've successfully done it in lots of communities around the nation. They've successfully done it I mean, both parties have. They've successfully turned everybody into their own little tribe of people that have to vote one way. The abortion groups. Pro-life, pro-choice. That's their tribes. So all they gotta do is be pro-life and they get the vote. All they gotta do is be pro-choice and they get the vote. If that's what that tribe is all about, right? The next tribe, the gun owners. Their tribe. That's fine. Homosexuals. Those. That's our LBG... TQ plus, I guess is the term that they're using nowadays. That's a tribe. You know, they, they, they break you up according to your race. That's a tribe also. Apparently, if you... I mean, I, I was listening to something today. I guess one of the baseball players went to... Uh, up to... Uh, I think his name was like... I can't remember the baseball player's name, but he was somebody from the Nationals that won the World Series, and he goes and he, they go to the White House, and they're meeting the president and stuff, and he was wearing a MAGA hat. And someone said, that's no different than wearing a a Nazi hat. That's what someone wrote on Twitter. And so apparently if you are someone that supports Donald Trump, you're a Nazi, you're a racist, you're a white supremacist. But that's your tribe then. Throw them into that tribe. You know, they're just trying to turn everybody into a tribe. So they can vote a certain way, so they can get the power that they want. And it's always a fight for power up there. It always is. So if I'm criticizing a Republican, great, give me a one-star rating and a terrible review. 
that I'm criticizing Donald Trump and the Republicans for doing what they do, the warmongering that they do, the spending, the, the blindfold that they have on with the, with the national debt. I'll take that one star rating, trust me. Because we need to be talking out, speaking out about that stuff. We need to be talking about the fact that this country has a trillion dollar deficit and nobody cares because Donald Trump is in office. But if Barack Obama was in office, or if Hillary Clinton was in office, you would never hear the end of it on Fox News. They would probably have a ticker tape at the bottom that shows the national debt every single second of the day if it was somebody like Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama in office and we had a trillion dollar deficit and they had 23 trillion dollars in debt but nope let's throw the blindfolds on we don't care about that and don't criticize the democrats i'll take i will take that review as well when i start criticizing all these candidates for the handouts and the pandering that they're going to do to try to win votes the things that they're doing that are going to drastically change the way that Americans live going to devastate this economy going to devastate our lives going to put absolute control over your life with everything right up to the day that you die and they'll choose the day that you die as well because they won't give you the medical care that you need if you're too old or you might not be able to get the medicine that you need because there's a waiting line, a waiting list to get onto that, you know, to get onto that machine that you might need. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that one star rating. Now, if I'm mis- mispronouncing some candidate's name, eh, whatever. That's fine. I did that in the beginning. I, I really did that quite a bit in the beginning. I, I do agree with that. And I've tried to make it a point to do you know to look these candidates up and actually listen to their name on the news a couple times before I bring them up the reason why is just because yeah you don't want to sound like a complete moron but I don't watch the news so I I actually had to force myself to start watching the news a little bit or you know if I'm going to be doing a do an episode on Kamala Harris then I will watch the news for a few minutes just to see how they're pronouncing their her name and so forth as well and uh, just to make sure that I'm doing it right. Just just to make sure I'm doing it right. But you know what? I was new to it back then. I've been doing this for 11 months now. Wow, that's insane. It'll be almost a year in January. It'll be a year in January I've been putting out the show, Monday through Friday. Haven't stopped either. So I'll take those one-star ratings. Trust me. I don't mind. I don't mind. But hopefully some of you guys that, that like the show, that continue to listen, please go ahead and uh, hook me up with a five-star rating. Throw me a bone. That'll help those, uh, those, um, that star rating, that overall star rating, the average that I got. It was at five stars for a while. And then it, uh, slowly has dropped down to about a three and a half right now. So, hey, I'm just, I'm just, I'll just be mediocre. That's fine. But then again, I will definitely, um, keep on going because you don't get better unless you keep on going, right? You definitely don't. That's what, that's pretty much the reason why I started the podcast in the first place to kind of learn to kind of learn about how to do podcasting, you know, that's all I want to do. Learn how to do a podcast, learn how to learn how to do the recording, learn how to do the editing, learn how to speak, learn how to get prepared for them. I think it'll benefit me down the road. That's, that's the only reason why I decided to do it. So, uh, Hey, a lot of booming excitement in the libertarian community. 
a lot of excitement in the libertarian community about this guy, Jacob Hornberger. And hopefully I pronounced that one right. Jacob Hornberger, he is the um, founder of the, I guess it's FFF.org, Future for Freedom Foundation, or Future of Freedom Foundation.org. And this guy, he is a true blue libertarian. He has a lot of name recognition within the libertarian community because as soon as he announced it, I, I, I was, I'm friends with some people on the South Carolina um, libertarian, like on the Facebook page, and they were at the convention that the South Carolina Libertarian Party had over in Florence, South Carolina, I guess it was on Saturday, and they were having a, de- a debate. And I saw some of the people that were on the debate, like there was six people up there, and I'm trying to figure out all six of those people's names because I want to make sure that I can do a show on each one of them as well. But then somebody snapped a picture of it, and it was Jacob Hornberger announcing that he would be running for president. Also, he just did not make the cutoff line, or the cutoff time in order to uh, get into that debate. And then he was going to be throw, he was going to be holding a session afterwards for people to go to as well, which I would have loved to go to because I know he's been going to a lot of the uh, the state conventions and so forth, doing speeches and having conversations with people. And I listened to one of them once because somebody had mentioned that he might be running for president and that they were getting pre- that he was getting prepared for it, running for the libertarian ticket. And so I went and listened to him talk, and the guy really does have really good speeches. He's coming from a very strong libertarian point of view, limited government. And I mean, just, he definitely has some good points as well. So I wanted to go ahead and go over his website with you guys as well. And I'm doing it the same way I've done it for the last couple libertarian candidates that I, that I uh, follow as well. I basically looked at, I looked at his website real briefly, just like I did everybody else, but I did not get too deep into it. And I just wanted to give you guys my first impression of Jacob Hornberger, who's running for the Libertarian nomination for president. And they'll they'll be having the election, I think it's in June of next year, at the Libertarian National Convention. If you want to go to that, then you can. But you can become a delegate to it as well if you join your state party. You can become a delegate to it. I've heard it's very easy to become a delegate because not a lot of people are going to travel out there in the first place, right? There's a limited people that are have the cap capital or the desire to go out to Austin, Texas for the Libertarian Convention. But you, if you wanted to, you can do it. You become a dues-paying Libertarian. You can reach out to people within the state party that you're in, and you can become a delegate. So if you want to vote for him or any of these other candidates, you can. You have that ability, okay? Um, so go ahead and, and do that. But anyway, the first thing, I, when you open up his website. It's jacobforliberty.com and it has Jacob Hornberger, Libertarian for President and then in between Jacob and Hornberger there's the Statue of Liberty in green and it says, My Passion for Liberty. And then he has a, I guess he, oh, he wrote a book called My Passion for Liberty with an introduction by Ron Paul and Richard Ebeling. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Ron Paul, huh? With an introduction by him. So, and that's his autobiography. I wonder if that recently came out. Uh, I am not one that usually reads a lot of political candidates' books, and I don't really care too much about people's autobiographies by any means, usually. Um, But then again, 
I mean, it might be good to... I'd like to read some of the stuff that he writes about liberty. That would be interesting to look at. Because I have heard him speak. I haven't read any of his books, per se. And But I do actually follow uh, the the Future for... Or Future of Freedom Foundation's website. I do follow that website. And I think it's... Um, I mean, it's actually a phenomenal website that he started up. And it talks a lot about... Uh, you know, liberty issues, how policy is affecting our liberty. So uh, there's lots of articles, and you'll see me post those actually on my website, iandtheempire.com as well. So I am familiar with him because of that. That's it. I don't go that far back listening to the guy. The only reason why I knew that he was Jacob Hornberger and he was the founder of future for freedom or future of freedom foundation is because somebody had mentioned it but i don't think it's like blatantly on that page that he's the founder of it or anything like that but uh anyway so let's go into his website a little further so it does talk about the book right off the bat um and then you get into about jacob hornberger so let's figure out who he is really fast okay jacob hornberger 40 years ago he was the young he was a young trial lawyer in his hometown of Laredo, Texas. Jacob Hornberger discovered the libertarian philosophy and the discovery changed the course of his life. Jacob was now the candidate or a candidate for the 2020 Libertarian Party presidential nomination. He is the founder of the Future of Freedom Foundation, FFF.org, a non-profit educational foundation whose mission is to present the principled case for the libertarian philosophy. And then he and then uh, in parentheses, and which is not, or which is a non-profit foundation, does not endorse his candidacy. So he has to put that after that. If he's going to use FFF.org, he has to follow it by they don't endorse him. The recipient of the LP's Thomas Paine Award for Outstanding Communicator of Libertarian Principles, Jacob details his life's journey from the courtroom to the world of libertarian education, and explains how liberty became the passion of his life in the same at the same time he describes in a clear and easy to understand way the core principles of libertarianism and how they are the key to resolving political and economic crises as we face in society so if he is in fact an amazing communicator of the libertarian message then that could be somebody to look at you know as we go forward looking for the nomination or who's going to be the nominee for the libertarians so that that's interesting if he definitely is a great communicator, and I've heard him speak, he does actually have a really good way that he puts together the words that are going to help people to understand libertarianism uh, and how it can help, how libertarian principles can help the economy and uh, political differences that we have. So, all right, so then let's move on here. So, I'd like to get into his positions. That's always the second thing that I do as well, okay? So he has a list of all the positions that he has. Welfare state, trade, taxation, social security, regulation, national security state, monetary policy, immigration, environment, foreign policy, gun control, health care, education, drug war, civil liberties, and abortion. So let's hop on to that. So I like when people do specifically say all the positions that they have, and then lets you click on those as well. Uh, the last two people that I talked about, they had something similar to that as well. And it just lets you easily see where their positions are. If you're a libertarian, you probably fall into the category where you would agree with a lot of this stuff, I'm sure. 
because most libertarians, you know, we pick we pick each other apart on a lot of different things on how far we will take our minarchist or our anarchist position, I guess. But so let's just but let's hop into what he believes on the welfare state or what his ideas are on the welfare state because um, that's important, right? Most libertarians probably agree with this in some way. So let's see. Separate charity and the state. Yep, okay. America's welfare system is based on the concept of mandatory charity, which isn't really charity at all. Genuine charity is based on voluntary giving, not on the course of apparatus of government. The welfare state concept originated among German socialists in the late 1800s, and it formed no part of American life from the inception of the country to the 1930s. When the adoption of the Social Security launched the modern-day welfare state, a type of government system that forcibly takes money from those to whom it belongs and gives it to those whom it does not belong. Welfare state programs combined with America's welfare state. Yeah, okay, so I'm not going to get too far into that. So he says that welfare is not really charity or the welfare state is not really charity, and that's true. I agree with that, so let's get rid of that in some way. All right, so moving or move away from that. So I don't know if you could get rid of like social security right off the bat, you know? Because you have to kind of wean people off of it because there are people that paid into the system for so long and they basically built their entire lives around that. So somehow you probably have to figure out ways to to move those people off of social security somehow. And that would be that would take time, of course. But let's make that the ideal get social security and most welfare programs gone especially corporate welfare as well i think that that's an important um distinction to make also trade end all tariffs trade restrictions trade wars sanctions and embargoes in every trade both sides benefit that's because both of them are giving up something they value less for something they value more thus trade enables people to raise their standard of living any government restriction on trade reduces people's standard of living okay yeah so most libertarians agree with that in some ways end all tariffs trade restrictions trade wars sanctions and embargoes if you walk up to somebody and you give them a dollar they give you a bag of peanuts you value that bag of peanuts at more than a dollar right and he valued that dollar more than that bag of peanuts so there was an exchange you're both happy you're both satisfied you say you each say thank you and you walk away that's trade so free trade among nations same thing if i want to trade with somebody in china should i not be able to do that without the government interfering with me yes that's true uh so yeah so we could all i think most libertarians can agree with that as well going on taxation abolish the federal income tax in the irs whoo that's said bluntly, but that's true. I mean, ultimately, I would love to abolish the federal income tax and the IRS. Uh, those are, that's an institution that is designed to confiscate wealth from some and give it to others, or design, actually it's designed just to confiscate the wealth. And then at that point, it gets put in the treasury and then they figure out how to give it to others, right? People have a fundamental, he says, people have a fundamental God-given right to keep everything they earn and decide to for themselves what to do with it spend save donate or invest the right to keep and dispose of the fruits of one's earnings is a necessary prerequisite of a free society okay so moving on taxation so let's hop into uh social security what does he say on that and i'm not going to go too deep into these each one of these because i'm just going to go with the first couple sentences as well and that's being fair with everybody else that i talked about that were libertarian candidates as well 
uh, just so that I, just so we're not getting too deep into that. Social Security, abolish Social Security. Okay, Social Security was was no part of American life for more than a century after the nation was established. That's because our American ancestors rejected the principle of coerced charity. I agree with that. Um, and you know what? We can go back to a time when there was no Social Security. States, if they want to have their own Social Security, so be it. Then you could fight for that at your state, or you could, you know, fight to not have it at your state level. That's fine with me. Um, or you can help your grandparents out with your own money. Bring them into your house. Take care of them. Bring it back to the family. That's how they did it before there was Social Security. Regulation. Separate economy and state. He's, he's very simple when he says that. Uh, separate economy and state, and then he gets into the details on it. So if you guys want to look at it, you can. You just go to jacobforliberty.com. National security state. Restore a limited government republic to our nation. Our country is founded on the concept of a limited government republic. That means a federal government whose powers were limited to the few authorized in the Constitution, the document that called the federal government into existence. While the federal government had an army, it was relatively small. Yeah, so get rid of the national security state. Monetary policy. Let's see what he says there. It says, end the Fed and separate money in the state. Wow, that's pretty... These are some pretty bold ideas as well, but these are not super bold ideas in the sense that a lot of these things are things that Ron Paul advocated for. A lot of these things are things that um, other libertarian candidates advocated for in some way. I don't know that Gary Johnson got that far into it. I think he would have been like an audit the Fed kind of guy when it comes to monetary policy. But um, immigration... Ever since Democrats and Republicans enacted a system of immigration controls for the United States, there has been an ongoing, never-ending immigration crisis. That shouldn't surprise anyone because immigration controls are nothing more than a variation of socialist central planning. The government reports to centrally plan the movements of millions of people in a complex, constantly... This is really deep to figure out where his where his stands are. I, I'm going to leave that to you guys to read it because... Uh, I think, okay, so more of an open immigration, which is the immigration system of our American ancestors for more than 100 years, is the only system that is consistent with religious, moral, and ethical principles. I think the ideal on that is absolutely true, that you should have some sort of open immigration. I mean, America did have that for the first 100 years. You show up, they stamp you in, and then you go, as long as you don't have any type of like uh, major diseases and stuff like that. Uh, you end up on Ellis Island and you're in. Boom. You walk through the door. You know, so uh, I tend to agree with that. They always say, get rid of the welfare state first and then we'll be okay with that. You're never going to get rid of the welfare state. So you're always going to have that um, coercive government at that border at that point. So you might as well just, uh, you know, let let free people move how they want to in that way um, and then move forward. So Health care. Let's go into health care really fast. Repeal Medicare and Medicaid and end all government involvement in health care. Interesting that he is, he's very bold on that. He's not even like dodging the question when it comes to that stuff. He's just like right there, right on. I mean, it's, it's some good, um, it's definitely good that you're bold like that and saying what you mean immediately. Um, Gun control. People have the unfettered right to own and possess guns and other weapons. This is what private property is all about. It is also what the self, 
or the right of self-defense is all about. People have the right to defend themselves and for murderers, rapists, robbers, and anyone else who initiates force against them. That's a good point. And almost every libertarian I've ever met is for, you know, a very liberal gun policy in the first place that the government should just stay out of that. Uh, foreign policy. The United States is founded on the principle of non-intervention for non-interventionist foreign policy, one in which the federal government does not go abroad in search of monsters to destroy. That was the title of the speech delivered to by, to Congress by John Quincy Adams in the 4th of July, 2021, in which Adams summarized America's founding foreign policy principle of non-interventionism. So let's go with that. That's pretty good. And that was a Ron Paul idea as well, but that's not just a Ron Paul idea. That was a uh, That's a libertarian ideal that we should have a non-interventionist foreign policy. The environment. The federal government is an expert in destroying things, which is it does extremely well. It has destroyed our liberty, our privacy, our money, Iraq, Afghanistan, Yemen, Libya, Latin America, and much more. Therefore, the notion that the federal government should be charged with protecting the environment is laughable. I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. Education. Separate school and state. That's pretty straightforward as well. And uh, that's that's a good point. Then he goes into more more depth into that as well. But separate schools and states drug war legalized drugs all of them oh going back to the separation of school and state i would say on the federal level if you're the president get rid of the department of education get the federal government completely out of education leave that to the states that's i mean that's as simple as you can put it um at that level separate separate um education in the state well, let the states deal with separating at that at that level as well. I agree. Drug war, legalized drugs, all of them. Wow, he is bold by saying that. Um, you might actually turn some people away that are like way, you know, into liberta- liberal policies or way into conservative policies on some of this stuff. But um, any libertarian is going to pretty much agree with most of the stuff that he's saying there as well, especially on the drug war. Um, but I mean, everyone says, "Well, even heroin." Well, you know, even if you're doing heroin, if you legalize, it doesn't mean everyone's going to start doing it. it. Means you'll have people that are more likely to go get treatment for it when they become addicted to it. Uh, I would imagine. Okay, so civil liberties. He says, among the hallmarks of American heritage of freedom is the recognition of protecting or protection of civil liberties stretching all the way back to the Magna Carta of 1215 it is the heritage that is enshrined in the Constitution the Bill of Rights freedom of speech religion press freedom of assembly the right to petition the government habeas corpus due process of law the right to be free from unreasonable search and seizures the right to effective counsel all that stuff unfortunately both Republicans and Democrats in the name of keeping us safe from terrorists Muslims and drug dealers and so forth have taken and destroyed those rights okay yep okay um have damaged and destroyed those and those rights that's true uh so yeah civil liberties he's good on that which most every libertarian i've ever met is as well they always say we're fiscally conservative and socially liberal don't they so anyway abortion this is one uh, that i saw here it says i believe that life begins at conception therefore the abortion involves the wrongful taking of a human life he should not have... Uh, uh, I mean, you have to cover the abortion issue if you're going to be running for president, though, right? Uh, at some point, they're going to ask you about that. So then he says, however... So he does believe that cons- life is a conception. However, that doesn't mean that the federal government has a legitimate role in this area. It, and I, I actually agree with that statement. 
Um, leave that to the states. It is a criminal justice issue, if anything, if that's what the state will, if that's what the state says that concept life begins at conception. But you are going to have people that leave that state and go somewhere else to get their to get their abortion as well. So there's really it's very hard to um, to keep somebody from having that abortion if they absolutely want it. Uh, so having it in that sense. Uh, what we need to do, and he says this there, is to significantly reduce abortions. Reduce abortions. You need to uh, figure out ways to educate people on the bad things about abortion and so forth, and make it more accessible in churches and stuff to have uh, ways, alternatives for that person other than an abortion. Which I t- I could agree with that as well. So yeah, Jacob Hornberger, definitely a libertarian, definitely uh, somebody that a lot of libertarians got excited about as well. I think even Scott Horton said that he would definitely um, support Jacob Hornberger if he decides to run for president. He was someone that specifically mentioned that. I think I've heard Tom Woods say that as well. Uh, So he might be a force to be reckoned with within the Libertarian Party, especially among like the Mises Caucus people who are kind of the more... um, They're the ones that are really focusing on like economic issues and making economics a you know one of the things that the libertarian party focuses on is how things work in economics like from a keeping the government out of the economy keeping the government out of our lives and minimizing government to the nth degree like that's kind of where the the Mises caucus within the libertarian party that's kind of like the direction that they're going and Jacob Hornberger will definitely appeal to those people. I don't know too many people that are kind of the, oh, I voted for Gary Johnson, I love him so much, and he's the greatest thing ever, and we should have somebody more like Gary Johnson. I don't know too many people like that. I don't hear a lot of people that um, that agree with that, so I don't hear their points, and I don't hear their points of view very often. So I'd love to know what they think about Jacob Hornberger when they read his positions. But I think a lot of people that are in the libertarian movement that are kind of towards that Rothbardian or that Mises group. I wonder what, I, I already know what they think about it. And uh, they, they are very excited about this guy. Um, so that's a good thing because he definitely does have the libertarian positions down pat and he does have name recognition as well. So that could be a good thing. He'll definitely be a force to be reckoned with. It's someone to keep your eye on if you are following libertarian politics. But uh, look him up, look up the other candidates as well and uh, listen to some of the shows that I did. I did one on um, a couple of candidates in the last week or two, and I'm going to be following a couple more candidates as well down the road. So uh, keep your ears tuned to this show, and you'll hear about more libertarian candidates. All right, uh, but hey, I appreciate you listening to the show. Keep on coming back every day, Monday through Friday, so you can hear some more about the candidates and their policies and positions and so forth. Uh, give me a five star rating and a review if you can. That'd be fantastic. Really help me out. And. Uh, I am the Empire.com. I am the Empire is on Facebook, on Twitter as well. That's how you can find me and email me right at I am the Empire.com. And then the best thing you do at that is come back tomorrow because you'll have clear vision for 2020.